Hello and welcome to another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I am your host, Richard Haynes of Manhattan Pacific Realty. We specialize in residential home sales here in the South Bay area of Los Angeles. That's Manhattan Beach, Palos Verdes, Hermosa Beach, and Redondo Beach that we'd like to focus on in the podcast and on my weekly written blog. We have an awesome, fun, exciting episode teed up for you today. I hyped it a little bit back in our past episode or previous episode. Today is now September 23rd, 2021. I'm a little late on getting this hyped episode to you, but it's better to be late than never, and I think the information here is going to end up being really important to a lot of home buyers and home sellers that listen to this show. So we have one sole topic today. Normally it's broken down into three pieces, but today we are going to solely focus on CAR's Housing Affordability Index Number. CAR stands for California Association of Realtors. And every quarter, CAR comes out with what they call a housing affordability number. Why am I covering this and why do I think it's so important is because I think it's a number that typically is the best predictor of a market going up or down. And I'll get to that and why after I explain it, give you some historical context, where we sit now, and how you can apply it to being a buyer or a seller once you understand the historical context, the number today, and then how you want to play your real estate hand, okay? So let's first start off with what is the Housing Affordability Index number? What CAR attempts to do is is come up with an index of how many people in the state of California can afford the median price home. So what CAR does is they take the current median priced sale throughout the entire state, which is trending in the mid 800,000 range, and then they assume anyone who's looking to buy a house would put 20% down, and they calculate 20% down on the median priced home, and they go, what are current interest rates, insurance, and property taxes? And they come up with a monthly payment. And from that monthly payment, they assume that that shouldn't be more than, you know, 30%, 33% of your gross income. They take the whole income bell curve in the state and they figure out from that payment on the median priced home based on all current factors, how many people in the state can afford the median price home. So they come up with a number of 50 or 20 or 75. And what that basically means is, is how many people in the state can afford the medium priced home based on the full spectrum of incomes. So when you get a housing affordability number of 60, it means 60% of California can afford the medium priced home. If you get a number of five, it means only 5% of the residents in California can afford the medium priced home. So that is what the affordability indexed is, and I hope that gives you a clear explanation. So historically, what has this index done? Well, the housing affordability index 
has historically ranged from 11%, only 11% of the residents could afford it, to pushing about 56% of residents being able to afford a home. And what we have found is, is historically, when more residents have been able to afford the medium-priced home, that's a great time to buy because more people can buy, allowing them to drive up the price. And on the flip side, when fewer residents can afford the medium-priced home, that's typically a time to sell or when we're overinflated because fewer people can afford the medium-priced home and there's less gas in the tank to push prices up. So over the boom-bust cycles in California, we have seen some trends or some numbers you can typically rely on. What we have found in in the last couple bus or last few bus in California, the affordability index has hit 17. So in the 80s and the 90s, the affordability index hit right around 17 and we saw bus within the California real estate market. During the Great Recession, we actually saw the index plummet to 11% affordability. And that's because we had liar loans and very easy money flowing around. So it allowed more people to buy homes than we ever had because of loose mortgage standards. But typically, historically, the high teens has indicated that we've reached a top in the real estate market with the exception of the Great Recession because easy money allowed it to go even lower than normal. What did we get to during the bust of the Great Recession? We saw affordability rise to 56% in 2012 as we came into a recovery, and really it was an incredible time to buy any time over 50% of the population could afford the medium-priced home, and really anywhere in the 40s is a no-brainer. And we've typically seen in the 20s to the 30s is kind of, hey, based on the market, it's neither a good time to buy or sell, it's just a normal market, and that's where we're at. Today, if you're in the 30s, it's still probably a good time to buy. If it's in the 20s, you're fighting for stuff a little bit more, or it's just normal. So that's historically what has happened. 17% or lower with the Great Recession, bus anywhere above 40 has been amazing, amazing opportunities to buy. Where is the housing affordability index number today? Well... We've seen a pretty safe number the last couple of quarters, last few quarters, last couple of years. But just recently, the number dropped to be a concerning level. So a year ago, the housing affordability index, we were in Q2 of 2020, right in the throes of the new coronavirus. We saw sales plummet, and we had affordability go to 33%. So during the coronavirus, when it first hit, that was still a scary time, but 33. As we rebounded and started having this housing surge come on, lower interest rate, better affordability, we went from 33 to 28, et cetera, et cetera. And we kind of hovered around 28 and 27. In fact, last quarter, we went to 27%. And really, it was 33 at the depth and 28 or 27% affordability during the surge. The latest number just came out. So remember, 33 a year ago, 27 last quarter, we just saw a precipitous drop to 23 in the latest quarter for the California Association of Realtors Affordability Index number. That, my friends, 
is a very low number. We have not seen the index lower than 23 since Q4 of 2008. So right as the Great Recession was starting to take hold, it had bounced from 11 and gone higher, and we were starting to crash. Are we crashing now? Absolutely not, but it shows you how low affordability is for Californians, even with these all-time low interest rates. From when they were instituted a year ago, that has fueled the market along with demand from home buyers because of the coronavirus. So this is the most unaffordable market we have seen in almost 14 years, 13 years, somewhere around there. That big drop by four points gave me a little bit of a pause when I saw it and why I wrote a blog topic about it a few weeks ago and why I am dedicating a full podcast to it this time around. So now that you know we're at 23, I want to give you some expert context and maybe a little more medium range context. So first, the medium range context is, look, you know, Q2 of 2020, we were at 33%. We were in the high 20s, which is pretty okay. In Q2 of 2018, so think about it, about three years ago, we actually hit a low of 26% affordability. Now remember, interest rates were more at like 4% at that time, and we hit a low in Q2 of 2008, and when we did, we saw a summer swoon in 2018. So interest rates actually were rising to almost 4%, which was about the highest we had seen in a long time. And that Q3 and Q4 of 18, summer, fall, winter, really saw a swoon in pricing and affordability tick back up into the high 20s and even 30s during that time. So as we got more affordable and interest rates rose, the market kind of self-corrected to be a healthier number. We are at 23. Is this going to be a blip on the radar? Or is it going to be something that causes us concern? We need to see next quarter's number to really come up with an example. But moving on to kind of the expert context from kind of giving you that median term in 2018, experts who follow California housing and try and predict booms and busts, they really do focus on this affordability number because it has been the most accurate predictor over the long term. And experts believe that even though 17% has kind of been the number that we've always hit before a big correction, they actually believe we won't ever get to 17% again because loan underwriting is so difficult these days as a result of the Great Recession. Dodd-Frank legislation has made loans so hard, the underwriting so difficult, they believe we'll never get to 17% again because loans are just a challenge to obtain. Not to mention millennials who are the biggest driving force of home these days. They have college debt like previous generations had never seen. If it's a couple, both couples are working. And if they have children, they're now paying huge childcare costs to be able to afford going to work and being able to work and then both working to afford a home. So they really actually have said, hey, 20 or very low 20s might actually be the alarm sounding that were too high on California prices. So 23% 
is kind of low 20s. Are we at 21 or 20 or dipping below into the teens, 19? No, but 23% is certainly something that gives me pause. And if we can hit that number the next quarter or two or even go lower, we may be finding ourselves a problem or some sort of signal or sign that we may be topping out here in prices. And if you're a seller, great time to sell, and a buyer, maybe to be patient. So I wanted you guys to know that the expert consensus really did trust in the 17 number, but be aware that 20 and lower could be the alarm bell ringing as well. And the reason why is this such a good predictor? Well, in residential housing, no one's buying stocks that pay you a dividend or commercial real estate that cash flows. Homes are really, what do people believe they're worth at that point in time? It's really something where, hey, the, you know, the sports card market, the rookie Michael Jordan has climbed a crazy amount over the last couple of years because people just believe that is worth money. Homes are kind of the same way. It's the greater fool theory, not that buying a home or a sports card makes you a fool, but if it doesn't produce income, it's something where, hey, am I just willing to pay more than what the last person paid for it? And when you get to a lower number and only 20% of the population can pay more than what the last person paid for, that's a much more precarious situation to be in as opposed to when 50% of the population can afford it or really a healthier market somewhere in the 30s or still a really good time to buy 40% of the population. So I think that's something that's really a key to watch, not to mention our local South Bay markets aren't in the mid 800s. You've got Manhattan Beach at a medium price of almost $3 million, Hermosa at $2 million, Redondo Beach at almost $1.3, PV90274 at $2.3 million, and Palos Verdes90275 at $1.7 million. So sure, there's wealthier individuals that live in this area, but there's probably an even smaller fraction of the population that can pay more for that next home, which might make them even more risky. Some might say they're still less risky because these borrowers have greater wealth and have access to liquid funds to put down bigger down payments. That's a debate for another day. But I just want you to know how much more expensive the South Bay is compared to what CAR is measuring. But typically, the CAR numbers have been boom-bust cycles that have applied to the entire state because we tend to move as a state from a macro environment. Okay, so as I wrap the show and you've got a hold on the CAR housing affordability number, here are the things that I think will happen and or what you have to watch for, okay? And I have three topics, interest rates, what the market's gonna do, and what you need to really watch. That's number three. So number one, interest rates. Interest rates to me are the greatest risk to this market because if we are at a 23% affordability number and interest rates go from around 3% and they pop to three and a quarter or three and a half, that is going to erode affordability even more. And if we see even a slight rise, 10%, 25% increase, in interest rates, that's going to really hit affordability, and that 
is going to make me nervous because you're going to see that affordability index number drop even more. And as buyers go, man, we really can't afford as much home as we could have six months ago, the only way to offset that is lower prices. Okay, interest rates are our greatest risk. If interest rates fall to 2.5%, affordability is going to pop higher and we've got more gas in the tank. If interest rates rise, just be on the lookout. Okay, number two, what's going to happen next with the market? My opinion is I think we're going to stabilize and really plateau on prices. People still want homes. The market still has low inventory. It feels like there are still more buyers than sellers in this market. And a home is now of greater value to people now that they can work remotely and coronavirus pushing people to going, hey, I don't need to go out as much. I want a backyard. I want safety. And I want to own and control my destiny with my property. So really, if I were to predict things and we stayed right around 23 I think the market's going to stabilize and plateau, and we may be at an uncomfortable affordability number for a while, but I think we'll just plateau, and we won't have these crazy double-digit jumps in prices, maybe just back to normal of 2 3 4 maybe 5% each and every year, or we maybe have 0% growth or 1% growth, but expect a more stable market that plateaus over the next 6 to 12 months, all things being equal. And lastly, number three, what do you need to watch out for? Well, I'm going to watch out for it for you, but you've got to watch this affordability index number. Now that we went from 33 a year ago and then around 28 or 27 for the last few months and now have dropped out of nowhere to 23, we need to watch this number. If it stays at 23 or trends up, that's a great thing. If it continues to go down, lower 20s, 20 or into the teens, that's the time to get really conservative and be careful. If you're a buyer, pair things back, take your time. If you're a seller, it's probably going to be the best time to sell and there's really no reason to wait on anything. So really the next couple of quarters are going to be key to see if we hold this line get more unaffordable or slowly ease and get a little bit more affordable. I will be watching it. I'll be reporting on it each and every quarter, but it is something that absolutely has to be on your radar and you have to be watching in addition to what 30-year fixed mortgage interest rates are doing. So that's the show, you guys. I hope this CAR affordability index number was something helpful. Maybe you learned something you never knew. Obviously, it's not 100% correct in predicting prices or market swings because the market's so much greater than that. But historically, this has been a very good indicator of where the market could go or where it's going. So keep your eyes on that. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on future podcasts on the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. Take care, and I'll see you soon. Bye.